Hello, Calvary Bible Church, the incredible body of Christ, Nassau, Bahamas, and welcome to other online viewers. Today's video is titled, Who's Mocking Who? It's based on the first four verses of Psalm 2. I'll make some comments as I read these four verses with you. Psalm 2, beginning at verse 1. Why are the nations in an uproar and the peoples devising a vain thing? When it says the peoples, it means all the nations of the earth, all the various political entities that are known as countries. Why are they in turmoil? Why are they devising a vain thing? They have an uproar, a turmoil. That means they have a calculated, consistent opposition and rebellion against the person and rule of God. It's a vain thing, according to the Lord, to have this posture because it is, of course, impossible for any country, any collection of countries like the UN or other uh, conglomerations of nations like the European Union, it's impossible for any countries or groups of countries to oppose and rebel against God in such a way that God is stopped. The acknowledgement of God will never be stopped until hell. But in this life and on this planet, no matter what organized political entities try to do, it's vain to, to stop the acknowledgement of the true and holy God. Verse two, the kings of the earth take their stand and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed. The nations aren't just organizing themselves in a vague opposition or rebellion to God. They're, they're organized. They are uh, taking their stand with uh, policies and with positions and with uh, speeches and literature. They're taking their stand together. They're trying to beat God using numbers. And it's not just... Um, opposition and rebellion against religion. Many times they use false religion as a matter of fact. What they are rebelling against is the Lord himself, and according to verse two, and his anointed. That is, they are hating, wanting no part of God the Father and his anointed, we know as God the Son, we know as being the Lord Jesus Christ. So two-thirds of a triune Godhead are being referenced in this psalm that these political leaders and nations want no part of them. They want them not to be acknowledged as God. And they're organized. Verse 3. This is the uh, dialogue ascribed to these godless nations and kings. Let us tear their fetters apart and cast away their cords from us. This rebellious political grouping hates the concept that God has fetters on their lives and nations, that there's a, an a objective absolute morality. They reject that. And so they do not want God to impose upon them as individuals or upon them as a nation, or upon them as a group of nations, his morality, his standard. They feel that's like being chained or fettered, and they want to be away, done away with those fetters. 
But there's more. These godless, rebellious nations and their kings say, and cast away their cords from us. They see the law of God, the word of God, the son of God, the will of God as being something to be thrown away just like a rope you used to be tied up with that you don't want anymore, so you discard it. So what we're talking about here in verse 3 when it says the words of the nations, let us tear their fetters apart and cast away their cords from us, what we're talking about is God-hate speech. We're talking about them hating God-worship, hating God-rulership, hating objective truth and standards rooted in the character and word of God. It's like, it's funny really, but it's pathetic. It's like a a four-year-old boy at school shaking his fist in the face of the principal as if the boy has the power that the principal has or more power than the principal has. That's what these ridiculous kings and political entities, countries do to God. How does God respond? Verse four, he who sits in the heavens laughs. You know, Laughter is good medicine, it says in Proverbs, but when you most often see the term of laughter in the Bible elsewhere, it means um, derision, it means judgment, it means uh, looking down on sin, mocking sin. And that's what we've got here. He who sits in the heavens laughs. The Lord scoffs at them. The Lord sees this political rebelliousness this attempt to eliminate him from society and from countries and from geopolitical entities. And he laughs, not because it's humorous. He laughs because it's foolhardy, it's fruitless, it's vain. It can never accomplish what it's trying to accomplish because God is God. And all those who would oppose him are like little stickmen made out of toothpicks versus a powerful, powerful horse crush those toothpicks just instantly. And so God's response to the way that political kings want to do away with him and his influence, he who sits in the heavens laughs, the Lord scoffs at them. He's seated in the heavens because there's no more work left to do. He's won the battle at Calvary and the empty tomb. He's sitting because he's not alarmed and he's sitting in the ways that we would put it, saying, I've got this. <laughs> this. The outcome of this is not up in the air. This isn't even close. I'm seated on my throne. I've got this. And I'm laughing and scoffing at these kings. And one day that holy laughing and scoffing, because it's rooted in God's justice, is going to be fully realized in the political entities of the earth. When the Lord Jesus Christ returns after the seven years of tribulation judgment, in the second coming event, and Jesus Christ comes to David's literal throne in Jerusalem to rule and to reign as Messiah, King of Kings, Lord of Lords, over all the earth, over all the globe, over every country, over every human king, over every political system, over every philosophy and ideology. When that happens, the justice of God will be seen globally. That's going to be a great day. But it won't just be a day, it'll be a thousand years. A thousand years. And then, a final battle and a great white throne judgment. Revelation 20, 11 to 15, when all the rebels that these kings and 
Psalm 2 are emblematic of. All the rebels who never took to Christ by faith will stand one by one, the greatest to the least of them, and be judged by the King of Kings, who is the judge of judges, and banished to various degrees of torment and conscious suffering forever and ever in hell. You know, when I was considering this half psalm, verses 1 to 4, I was thinking of something I saw that made me very sad. First, it made me angry, but the more I thought about it, the more I was sad than angry. When New York State Governor Andrew Cuomo, a self-professing Roman Catholic, by the way, said in a press conference that God has had nothing to do with the COVID-19 case numbers that are going down in the state of New York. He went on to say, the governor did, that the COVID-19 number is down because we brought the number down. And he didn't leave it at that. God did not do that, the governor said. Faith did not do that, the governor said. Destiny did not do that the governor said. This governor, in his arrogance, tried to slap God Almighty three times in the face. The number is down, the governor said, because we brought the number down. God did not do that. Faith did not do that. Slap, slap, slap in the face of a long-suffering God. Why did he go about that? Why did he have to take three slaps at God's face? Why was it as sufficient for him to say, the COVID-19 numbers are down? Why did he have to push his hand, as it were, in the face of God with disrespect and anger? Oh, because of Psalm 2, verse 3. The king speaking, let us tear their fetters apart and cast away their cords from us. Como doesn't want God involved in his state. He wants New York State to be godless like he is, although he's a professing Roman Catholic. Would it not be an interesting conversation if a humanist laughs at God and at prayer at this COVID-19 time, and then you were to ask that humanist, Did you hear that? And the humanist startled says, hear what? God laughing and scoffing at you in your arrogance from heaven. 